morning, everybody. Good to be in the house of God this morning. Hallelujah. Great to see everybody here. Amen. We'll get started with the morning service then, and uh, I think probably before we uh, get into the lesson this morning, I'll make a few announcements and we'll get going. I'd like to ask uh, Brother Kevin if you would come on up and lead us in prayer this morning. Uh, come on up, musicians and singers. Hallelujah. right yeah. we need our whole armor amen yeah. we thank you amen heavenly father we thank you lord almighty god for this morning lord almighty god that you've given us lord jesus you've given us another day of life almighty god a breath of life we thank you lord for the holy ghost almighty god who empowers us lord throughout each and every day almighty god we thank you lord almighty god for the love that you've shown us lord lord that you bless the service almighty god bless the singers lord praises and worshipers, Lord Almighty God. Move, Lord, on every heart, Almighty God. Have the Lord, Almighty God. Amen. Have the focus upon you, Lord Jesus, Almighty God. Give you the glory, Almighty God, to appreciate you, Lord. Amen. To lift up holy hands, Almighty God. Without doubt, you trust, Almighty God. Lord Almighty God, to give all the verses to you, Lord Jesus, Almighty God. Hallelujah.
morning, I decided to grab a coat. Man, God is good. I'm so thankful you did. Hallelujah. 99 in your head knows this is one of my favorite hymns. And if you really listen to the words as you sing them, I think you'll get why.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, everybody, for doing that. Amen. And then, uh, 
I was, I was told, uh, I was told that uh, we may have exceeded our goals for the butter braids. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's some of you that still have to settle your accounts yet. I think they're still out there. Today is the deadline. Today, yeah. By by evening service tonight, turn okay. in your forms and your money. Turn in your forms and your money. So we could, we could be so a few more, more that's going to be uh, added to the list. The possibility that would be good. <clears throat> Praise God. But God has definitely been blessing us. And then uh, the the sale is going to be in Wagner this week, Thursday. And uh, so that's been moved to Thursday. And of course, the menu has been changed instead of. Uh, yeah, uh, all, all ingredients need to be to me by Tuesday, no later okay. than Tuesday. All ingredients need to be in by Tuesday. <laughs> and as of three days ago, everything was taken care of. We have everything okay. for ourselves. So. All right. So we'll get ready for that in Wagner. I guess the reason why Indian tacos were, it was switched is because of uh, some people requesting it. They haven't had a uh, taco sale out there for a long time. So, and of course, our tacos are pretty uh, popular and sought after. So. So, so we have to please the masses, I guess. Yeah. We have to please the masses, and that's the only way we're going to do it, I guess. We have to do it. They want tacos, I guess we're going to serve tacos. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then the other announcement, um, uh, Brother Robert Longshore's camp meeting is coming up June 23rd, 24th, and 25th. It's a Wednesday to a Friday. Uh, I will be going to that, and, uh, and uh, there will be a group of us going. Whoever wants to go, um, let us know who's all going. Um, hopefully, we can get uh, a, a, a number to him of everybody coming, uh, hopefully by, by April, way ahead of time, so we can know if anybody else is going to jump on the bandwagon, you're welcome to. Um, so that they can, uh, they're going to be uh, preparing places for everybody to stay at and everything. And then, of course, the church there is going to pay for our expenses down there. And uh, we're going to go minister. And, uh, and of course, uh, I believe, uh, uh, take care of the worship for, for one service down there, or maybe the whole day. Uh, so that's what he asked if we could do. So we're going to return the favor since he's always coming up always coming up here and stopping through and ministering to us and it's always a great meeting down there uh apostolics from all over the southern the southern part of uh of the united states and even some from canada that's pretty interesting isn't it and i, I don't know if there will be any this year because of the uh the border being closed but uh, we're looking forward to a good time a good meeting. God's always doing something great. Yeah. Something good is always happening. That's, That's right. beautiful about this. And so that is June 23rd, 24th, and 25th. And of course, uh, don't forget about peak in July. That's a month later, almost a month later. So uh, looking forward to doing that, going there. Uh, youth convention in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Be good for all you young people. Amen. 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 I'm talking about adults too. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. 
So that's what we have ahead of us. And, uh, and of course, uh, renovations happening to this building slowly but surely. We're getting things done and we'll be ready. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for contributing. Thank you, everybody, for your help, for helping us do the work here. God bless you for that. So, Amen. Amen. Give everybody, as they say, a shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for your help. Amen. So, uh, Sunday school classes can be dismissed. You can go to your respective classes. Hallelujah. It's good to see everybody. It's good to see all our visitors. Amen. It's good to see Brother D. Deborah from all the way from White River, South Dakota. That is the land of my nativity. That's where I was born, where I was raised. It's my home. Good to see them. Amen. Good to see everybody out. Hallelujah. Yes. There is. Youth son, so the, the youth teen class. Teen class. Oh, there's teen class. Yeah. All right. Time to hook them. There you go. I forgot, yeah, I forgot about that. Hallelujah. And the rest of you young people can stay in here. Turn with me in your Bibles. If you have a Bible this morning, I want you to turn with me in the scripture to the book of Acts, chapter 16. We believe that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is powerful for doctrine, for instruction in righteousness. Reproof for correction and even rebuke. It's a part that everybody doesn't like. I know what that's like. I have experienced rebuke. Me too. Not just from uh, the men of God in, in my life and from people that have been uh, associated with all these years preaching the gospel. It's good to have somebody that uh, has the, the strength and the boldness to tell you the truth. Amen. A lot of people today, they, they don't want to hear the truth. They're interested in, in uh, how, how would I say it? They're, they're interested in deception. They're interested in lies. Of course, we know that the enemy's working in the last days to manifest all kinds of deception and lies in this world, and people believe it. And uh, that's his way of, of uh, distracting you, causing you to err from the truth. But uh, thank God that we are of the of the people of God that believe entirely the whole Word of God. We believe it's inspired by God. Thank God for His Word. Without it, where would we be? That's right. Where would we be? We'd be lost. We would be lost. And so we see this is a pretty interesting scripture in, in Acts 16. And, and uh, 
Actually, it's a question. And of course, uh, anybody that has read this story, you know the, you know what's happened here. And this is the Apostle Paul and uh, Silas when they were incarcerated, put into prison for preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. Wow. That day may be coming again. Yeah. 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 Preaching the gospel. Of course, we're living in the in the time now where everything's. They're, they're trying to impose the cancel culture. Mm. If you're of this persuasion, if you have this opinion, you know our liberties, our our right to for freedom of speech are being infringed upon. Mm -hmm. And so, if you don't say the right thing, they'll cut you off. Yeah. And there may be even coming a day when, if you're still not saying the right thing, you'll be incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lord, have mercy on us if we get to that place. Mm -hmm. I believe uh, that could be something that may be happening uh, as we see the end times uh, closing in on us and, and things happening. But uh, this is this is an important question now. I didn't I didn't know who all was going to be here this morning. I just didn't know. Uh, but obviously. When the Lord gave this to me, He knew who was going to be here. Amen. So I have I have nothing to do with uh, uh, what's being presented this morning. It's all Him. Amen. And, uh, and this question is an important question, and and the way it came to me is uh, I have an important question to ask of you. I have an important question. How many of you like important questions? Uh, we've all, we often have been asked important questions, haven't we? And we have asked important questions. And before you ask an important question, you, you think on it. You, you want to make sure you're going, you're going to ask it in the right way. You, you're going to get your point across, and also you're going to receive an answer. Amen. That's important for us. And we've been asked questions. I've been asked a lot of questions. I still get a lot of questions. People ask us certain things. And, of course, you know what we want? We want to try to do our best to have the right answers. Yeah. Amen. The answers people are looking for. We're all looking for answers, aren't we? Yeah. How many of you are looking for answers today? Yeah. We're looking for answers. Uh, maybe that's the reason why we're here. Yeah. We're here because we're searching for something. I'm going to say it that way. I'm going to be general. I'm not going to be specific. But you're searching for something. What is it you're searching for? You know, when I when I was lost, before I came to know the Lord, in my heart, I was feeling that I needed something. Mm -hmm. How many of you feel that way? Amen. You need something. You don't know what it is. And we, we've tried to fill that need by uh, looking in different places and doing certain things to try to find that contentment, that satisfaction, but we found out that wasn't the very thing that, you know, would help us. Mm -hmm. It may have alleviated a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, our burdens, our weight, but it didn't do the job of taking it away. Yeah. And that's why this, this question is important, but here's, here's the question. Let me just quit, be, quit beating around the bush here, ask you the question, and, and this, is what, this is what was asked of Paul and Silas in verse number 30, and he, he brought them out, and said, sirs, of course, this was after what happened there in the, in the jail there. Uh, there was an earthquake, and, and, 
and uh, all the doors were opened up and all the fetters and the chains, the shackles fell off. <laughs> wow, there's something about when God sets you free. Yes. Let, let me uh, just interject something in here. I, I don't mean to be going off to the side here, but here's the thing. What do you think was responsible for their freedom? They worshiped the Lord. That's right. They gave God glory. Amen. They lifted up their hands and they praised Amen. Him. Amen. Yes. They they were in dire need. Yes. Huh? They were shackled. They were chained. They were put in a prison. They were in dire need. And probably just wondering if they were ever going to come out of that prison alive. Or if they did, they were going to be put to death. And I bet you anything that was a uh, forethought of, of Paul and Silas wondering what was going to happen but guess what guess what they did they realized their situation well the only thing I can do right now is give God glory Amen. and because they did that guess what happened the, the supernatural power of God intervened did you know that God wants to intervene in your life whatever you experience right now I believe this with all my heart God wants to intervene in your life and, and he wants to come into your life. He wants to manifest himself in your life. And that's what happened to Paul and Silas. Of course, they knew the power of God. They knew his salvation. And here they were. And they just, amen. And here, here, comes, here comes the Lord and says, okay. I'm going to set you free. And he did. He set them free. Set their bonds free. So here was a question. Here comes the Philippian jailer. Moved by all this, seeing all the, you know, what was taking place there, knowing that, man, what's going to happen? Of course, he, he, was, he wasn't feeling too uh, uh, good about it. So, so, but he said, whatever these two gentlemen are doing here, it's sure making a difference. Amen. So he was moved. You know, God has a, 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 a I don't want to use that way funny, but God has a, a way of, Moving in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Creating situations that will get your attention. How many of you feel like that's what the Lord is doing right yeah. now? Yeah. There's, there's often times where I feel like God is doing that in my life. He's, he's creating yeah. a situation. Why? Because He wants to get my attention. Yeah. He wants to get my attention. He wants to, he wants to obviously bring something to me or speak something to me. Yeah. Or, amen, uh, uh, His presence Obviously, coming into my life and, and, and him revealing himself, him manifesting himself. So that's what happened here. And so, so here's the question. He says, he came in, he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to be saved? That's a good question, isn't it? Amen. A lot of people are asking that question right now. People all over this world are asking that question. What, what do I have to be? What do I have to do to, to be saved? Amen. God knows Amen. your situation. Amen. God wants to deliver you. And when we talk about salvation, of course, uh, 
sozo is a Greek word that is used a lot in the New Testament concerning salvation or being saved, to be saved, to be delivered, to be rescued, to be set free. I, li I like uh, what the, the, these uh, young brethren shared on Friday evening. That was beautiful, wasn't Amen. it? Amen. And, uh, and uh, you know what was said about God setting them free, yes. being set free, Amen. and being set free from sin, from the power of darkness. From hell. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. And so obviously God did that. He redeemed us. He bought us with his blood. The price was his blood. So he redeemed us. He saved us from sin. So we were set free from the bondage of sin and everything, all the effects of sin. We were set free and were set free, according to the Apostle Paul, into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. So here we are and what more, you know, could we ask for than to be able to experience salvation? And, and it's not a one-time experience. I want you to understand that. It's not a one-time experience. You're not saved once, and, and then after that, you're saved forever. That's, that's, that's not right. doctrine. That's right. Because salvation is an everyday, it should be an everyday experience. And... and God came to our rescue and he saved us. And guess what? He's always, amen, uh, he's always uh, there for us. He will always be there for us. That's why Paul said he delivered us and he'll deliver us now and he'll deliver us in the future. Amen. So salvation isn't just based upon the past and the present. It's based upon the future too. Yes. God will always be interested in your salvation. But yes. the thing about it is. You have to ask him, what must I do to be saved? Amen. Amen. God will do his part, but you need to do your part. Yes. Uh -huh. You need to do your part. Woo. And, and your part is to obey God, obey his word, obey his will. Yes. That is our part. We can't, we can't come to God and say, oh, I believe that you can save me, but I want to be saved according to my own understanding my own will there's no such thing like that in the scriptures if we're going to accept salvation if we're going to accept God's intervention we need to accept it on his terms Amen. because that's how we are going to experience full salvation you know what the devil wants to keep you back from knowing God that's right the devil wants to keep you at a distance from knowing God Hallelujah. That's right. Hallelujah. He doesn't want you to know the truth. Amen. Here's the thing. He might want he might let you know half the truth. Yeah. But he doesn't want you knowing the whole truth. That's right. Huh? Praise God. Amen. That's why there's a lot of people that I believe right now, and I'm not trying to get down on anybody that they're sincere about their faith in God and their belief in God. But you know what? Uh, even their sincerity, even their seriousness is not going to save them. That's right. Amen. Unless they obey God's word. Amen. Uh, Amen. There's a lot of people that, you know, right now look at the scripture and they say, oh, I believe what the scripture says. I believe. I believe in Jesus. And as one brother said one time, well, what do you believe about him? 
Obviously, he came, like Paul said, to set sinners free. That's worthy. He said, this is a worthy saying, and worthy of all accept acceptation that God, Christ came into the world to save sinners. Who well, I am chief, he said. Thank you, Jesus. So he set us free. He set us free. We sang that song this morning. If God delivered me, why should I be bound? Yeah. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And I hope we're not in that place where we've allowed the, the things of God to slip through our hands to where we fall back into bondage, where, where we're back into that same place that we were when we first came to know the Lord. Yeah. Let, let me tell you something. And, and uh, it's difficult for a person when they backslide. Those of you that have backslidden, you know what I'm talking about. You can identify with that. How difficult it is to get back into that place that you once were with God. It's difficult when you backslide and you go back and you come back. It's even that much more harder and, and and you're striving you're striving you're fighting because the devil would like to come against you and and uh, you know just oppress you with thoughts of unworthiness you're not worthy you failed God and, and you have all that to overcome you have all that to to get the victory over but just realize this that's why it's important for us to stay in God's will. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It will be a lot better for us if we do that. So anyway, yeah. here's the thing. What shall we do to be saved? What shall I, what must I do to be saved? To experience salvation. Salvation. Praise God. How many of you are interested in salvation? Amen. How many of you are saved? Amen. How many of you are saved? Jesus. So when I say saved, I mean biblically. Biblically saved. Hallelujah. I, I make no bones about it, but um, I was never when I when I came to the knowledge of the truth. I say that because. That's what happens when we come to a place where God uh, comes into our lives and he reveals his word, he reveals truth to us. When I came to the knowledge of the truth, I used to belong to another uh, church, and uh, what we call a denomination, denominational church. And I, you know what? I, I never asked enough questions. I never really researched the word of God I was just there. I went through the motions. Basically, I was just, uh, if I want to say it this way, I was being a copycat. I was doing what everybody else was doing. And I never really took time to seek out the scriptures or to get to know the word of God. And I remember one time I, I went to service one morning at the request of my grandmother, and I was hungover, I was still kind of feeling, you know, rum dumb. 
And she said, come to church, come to church. So I went to church with my grandma. And I was sitting there. And as the, as the priest was uh, sharing the word, for whatever reason, in that, in, the, in, in that service that morning, I always remember this, I was feeling miserable. I was feeling miserable because I had a headache, I had a hangover, and I was feeling miserable just because of the effects of my life, and, and you know what, for just a moment there, my mind just kind of, it, it just kind of uh, stopped, and, and, and I thought to myself, just for a moment, there's got to be more than this. Something that would make me feel better about myself. There's got to be more than this. And we all have that moment, don't we? When we're, when we're down and when we're out and we're feeling the, the power of sin in our life and what it does. And then we, we ask ourselves that question. There has to be something more than this. Let me tell you something. You can be content and you can be satisfied. Amen. You can have joy. Yes. You can have love. Yes. And you can experience peace. Amen. That is all part of this salvation. Amen. And that's the working of God's Spirit in our life that brings us to the, this point. But to be able to come to that place to experience full salvation. Amen. Full salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. The early church had it. Amen. Amen. They had it. They had, of course, they were they were taught, they sat at the feet of Jesus himself. And even though sitting there those three and a half years at his feet, their understanding was still kind of a in, in a way, it was, you know, they didn't really fully comprehend. It was still obscure. And here they were, and all they could, all they could. Here's, here's the important thing about letting the Holy Ghost move in your life. Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. He was an anointed human being. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Of course, Christ, the anointed one, the anointer. Yeah. And, and you know what kept them disciples of, of his going it was what they were feeling from his anointing Amen. because they weren't getting what he was trying to tell them all they could feel was that anointing that came off of him so they said Whoa, there's got to be something about it yeah. and, 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 but you know they struggled with that comprehending and understanding God's word all that time so sometimes he had to come and he had to if I want to say it in that sense he had to slap him on the side of the head and say hey <laughs> This is what I mean. And when they would finally get it, they go, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But God has to do that. And, and, and when we talk about salvation, here it was. And when they finally came to that day of experiencing that salvation, yeah. look what happened. Look what Peter did. He stood up on the day of Pentecost yeah. and he preached yeah. and he told them. Guess what? He didn't have any problems knowing what it was that you know, how to be saved. He knew Amen. what salvation was all about. Amen. That's why he preached it. Amen. You know what you need to be saved? Men and brethren, must, what must we do? Yeah. They asked him that question. Yeah. And you know what he said? Repent. Yeah. Huh? 
and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which was promised unto you and to all that are far off. That's what you need to be saved. Repentance, water baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's Bible salvation. And that's what Jesus was trying to give to Nicodemus. That ye must be born again. Marvel not that I say unto thee that you must be born again. Amen. And so, you know, and of course the apostle Jude alluded to that in the book of Jude when he said that uh, we must earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. So that's what, that was their understanding of salvation. That's what it's going to take for you to be delivered from your sin. How many of you are feeling God? Amen. Yes. One time somebody asked me, this is Sunday school. Amen. By the way. Sometimes I almost get caught up and I wanna I wanna take off running. One time somebody asked me about water baptism. They said, Pastor, what does it really make a difference how you are baptized? I said, Yes, it does. Amen. And uh, so I explained it to them: remission, uh, repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. influence of the Holy Ghost. I said, You know what that is? Repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, the influence of the Holy Ghost. I said, You know what that means? You know what the word teaches us about that? I said, that is his death, his burial, his resurrection. Amen. 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 Yes. So that's why we need to repent. We need to turn our lives around. We need to ask God forgiveness. We need to die out to our sins. Amen. So what do you do with that dead person? You obviously lay them down. And Jesus was laid down in the tomb, wasn't he? Yeah. And Paul said, we are buried with him by baptism in, in Romans 6. So we're buried in the name of Jesus Christ. We come up and guess what? We are filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. That's how we identify. That's what makes us believers. Yes. That's what gives us salvation. Amen. Bible salvation. Thank you, Jesus. And so, as, as a result, it, it brings us into that place of entering into the kingdom of God. Amen. So after they... Uh, this is interesting. If you do a, a study on it, and if you read the Gospels, and you, you see how uh, uh, every time the Lord was trying to explain to his uh, to the disciples about the Word of God and reveal the mysteries of God to them, they always had a problem. They always had a their their mind was blocked. Their mind was blocked. They couldn't really see. That is, that is something, isn't it? Mm -hmm. They couldn't really see. They couldn't really understand. The, you know, it's something, it's something about uh, receiving understanding from the Word of God. It's something about knowing the Word of God. And you'll see that when you study, when you study in the Gospels, you know, how they, how they responded to Jesus' ministry 
And, and here, here, after the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost was poured out, when the Spirit of God was poured out, and, and they all were filled with the Holy Ghost, they all spoke in other tongues, then after that, guess what happened? Eureka! It wasn't difficult for them anymore to understand. They didn't. They, they, you know, they didn't have any problems interpreting the scripture that Jesus taught them, because after they received the Holy Ghost, guess what happened? They were. They were. The Bible says about that experience when he prophesied about New Testament salvation. He said, "I will write my laws in their minds and in their hearts." And so, as a result. It, it wasn't looking at the law so much anymore. The law was inside them. Amen. Amen. So they understood. See, that's the difference that the Holy Ghost makes. Amen. It's the difference that the Holy Ghost makes for us. So, so uh, uh, what is salvation? Well, it is none other than God saving man out of himself or from himself. Amen. From sin. Amen. That's what salvation is. Salvation has two facets. A cutting off and a uniting with. Now, if we want to talk about Bible salvation... That's what Bible salvation does. It's a cutting off. A cutting off of what? The old nature. Mm -hmm. The sinful nature. And then the uniting with God. You know, when it talks about us being dead in our sins, when we were living in sin, guess what? We weren't living for God. That's right. Huh? We were separated from God uh, because of our sin. Mm -hmm. Sin put a wedge between us and God. So when we were living in sin, we didn't even live for Him. We were living for self. Yeah. We were living in our sin. Yeah. So that's why a salvation cuts off that, that life and cuts off what we used to be and unites us with God. So it is cutting off with self and uniting with God. Here's, here's an interesting statement. Whatever does not aim at deliverance from self and sin... And union with God is not genuine salvation. Mm. Amen. Are you listening? Amen. Whatever does not aim at deliverance from self and sin and union with God is not genuine salvation. Amen. It will be it will be very obvious when a person is saved from their sin, their life. Their lifestyle, their thinking, their mannerism, their actions, their speech, even the way you look. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have a problem with that in our churches today. God doesn't care how you look. Oh, yes, he does. Because you can look like a sinner, you can look like the world, and you can look godly. There's a difference. God makes us significance. There's a distinction. And, and, and that's why I believe the Apostle Paul said, don't be conformed to the world. Yeah. When we're conformed to the world, we're just like the world. 
And so when the Holy Ghost comes in, he changes that nature in us. That's right. We're changed from the inside out. Amen. Not from the outside in, from the inside out. So as a result, guess what? He creates in us that new creature. Amen. So as a result, guess what? We change. Yes. We change. It's not just a spiritual change, but it's also a physical change. Amen. It's a change in your mind. It's a change in the way you think. That's what real salvation does for us. Amen. That's why we are the way we are. Yes. If any man Christ be in Christ, he is a new creature, new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Amen. Okay? Okay? Listen to this. Anything which cannot save man from self and sin and join him to God is vanity. Anything which cannot save man from self and sin and join him to God is vanity. It's empty. Amen. My, 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 I say that because I've been, uh, have experienced and have been uh, introduced to the things of God and to the kingdom of God. And as a result of my willingness and my obedience and my humility, guess what? God has done the work. Amen. And he is still doing a work. Amen. Here's the thing to this. True conversion has substance to it. Amen. Why do I say that? Has substance to it. When God takes out all the sin out of our life, all the immorality, he takes all that out. Guess what? He brings in his spirit and his spirit, amen, puts substance in our being. Amen. And as he said, I write my laws in their hearts and in their minds. Amen. amen. So as a result, guess what? We begin, we begin to live a life that exemplifies him. Yes. It has substance to it. It's very real. It's very real. Thank you, Jesus. I say that because I was at a place one time where I didn't even, I hadn't the slightest idea of what a Christian life was. And after I was filled with the, with the Spirit of God, guess what? I began to get insight and I began my life began to change, but you know what? I realized something. When I was in sin, I was really ignorant. Mm. Amen. I didn't know anything about God. I thought I did. I didn't know anything about what it would take to be a Christian. But when I came, and I came to that place, but that, that's, the, that's the reason. Now, listen to this, everybody. Is everybody ready for this? this? That's the reason why he gives us his spirit. Because if we don't have his spirit, we're going to impede 
his salvation. We're going to resist his will. We're going to be disobedient to him and his word. So that's why he gave us the spirit so that we will be able, as Paul said, ministers of the New Testament. So that we can live this life that God wants us to live. Yes. A true spiritual beginning involves release from self and sin and a carnal life. And entry into the divine life. Think about what, uh, if you want to go there with me, might as well. Uh, I'm sorry I haven't given you any scripture. Let's, I'll give you some scripture if you want some scripture. Let's go to First Peter, First uh, Peter, chapter one, and you, you all know this verse very well. You could probably quote it. Amen. And they, but look what look what the apostle Peter said in the scripture. And I'm just saying this because I want to uh, confirm what I'm telling you. I want to confirm it. And this is what he said in First Peter chapter 1, verse number 10. Let me give you a scripture passage of verse number 10. Look what he says. Um, oh, excuse me, Second Peter. I guess I, I didn't read my handwriting. My handwriting. That's a two, not a one. Excuse me. That was my mistake. This is what he said. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. I like that part. Amen. Give diligence. Amen. To make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Hey, if you're attending your salvation every day. Huh? Not just on Sunday. Not just on Wednesday. Not just on Friday. But every day. If you're attending your salvation. If you're seeking God every day of your life. Guess what? You will never fall. You will never fail. And that's what he means. Praise God. So he says, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So an in entrance will be ministered unto you. In other words, you will be given access. Amen. It's a spiritual kingdom. Amen. I want you to understand that it's a it's a spiritual kingdom. Yeah. Hallelujah. How many of you believe in the rapture? Amen. Amen. You believe the Lord's coming? Yeah. Absolutely. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, here's a question for you. If you believe in the coming of the Lord, mm -hmm. if you believe in the rapture, you need the Holy Ghost to be raptured. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Otherwise, how would he quicken you? And if we, if we want to say, oh, I don't need, you know, I have him in my heart. Oh, yes, that may be so. But let me tell you something. If you have him in your heart, there's going to be a witness. Amen. Amen. That you have him in your heart. There's going to be a witness. You know how I know I'm saved? God always bearing witness with my spirit that yes. I am the son of God. Amen. And if God bears witness according to his word, I know I am saved. Amen. So if we believe in the rapture, guess what? 
we can't be raptured out of this world. You know, uh, 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 there's a lot of people that, yes, they're godly people. Yes, they, they pray. But guess what? They're not filled. And God will not rapture a carnal person. There's no such thing as a carnal Christian. There's only one. one the, the, the scripture talks about is a, is a person being spirit-filled, anointed. That's why they call us Christians. It's from that word Christo. And, and that means anointed. So we're anointed with the Spirit of God. That's the only way we're going to blast off out of this world. Amen. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Amen. So, so if, if we resist, you know, if we resist, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And, and you know, a lot of people like to be technical. Huh? My daughter Stephanie keeps me on my toes. When I first came down here in 1975, I started uh, that semester, that fall semester, 75. Uh, I didn't, you know, I went to school uh, my latter years in, in for psychology, behavior psychology. I went to school. But when I came down here in 75, I didn't come down. I, my first intention wasn't to take psychology. I went into law school. That's what I, and, and Guess what happened? Guess what messed it up? My drinking and my drugging. And my running around. My brother was trying to keep me in school and I just wouldn't listen and I just phew, had my way and I lost, I, you know, I lost all the opportunity. My daughter said, you should have became a lawyer, Dad, because you, you're, good, you're good at arguing. <laughs> and I must have passed that on to her because... <laughs> You know what's really irritating? When you're walking out the door and they always have to throw in that last word. Yeah. So stop, you know, here's me. Okay, now stop turning around. Could just walk out and leave it alone, but no. I'm one of those, those kind of guys that I'm, I get very technical. If we want to use that term technical about things. If you want to go there, let's go That's there. Right. Uh, you know, I've been preaching the gospel for for a long time now. <laughs> for a long time. Uh, actually, uh, 36 years. So, you know, when, we, when I talk about scripture, here, here's the thing. I, I, and I, I don't mean to be humorous, but I want you to listen to this. The more you get into God's word, the more you learn, the more you understand, the more you see, the more you comprehend. And God reveals that to you. You receive it. You go, wow. So here's the thing. You have no excuse. That's right. You know. Thank you, Jesus. And so that's the way it is with me. All these years of study. I don't know. I, I, you know, I couldn't tell you how many times I read through the Bible. It's been quite a few times. But let me tell you something. I don't know everything. I'm telling you right now. I don't know everything. The Bible says we know in part. That's right. But here's the thing. When you know the word of God. And you know what it says, and somebody else quotes you something, and you know they're not speaking it in context. You go, mm. That's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
I've been doing this for 30 some years. So when somebody says it, it does something like that, guess what? Yeah. And I know it's not right. It's just like. That's right. <laughs> now you know where I'm coming from? Amen. But, but here's the thing. I, I'm not argumentative because I want to be argumentative. I'm argumentative because I want you to know the truth. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You know what? I, I, I shouldn't even be here. I'm a wild Indian from the plains of South Dakota. I have no, I shouldn't be here. But what did God do? He filled me with the Holy Ghost. And, and that has made a difference in my life. So obviously he knew what he was doing when he called me into the ministry. Yes. And, and you know what? He said, I'm going to put my word in you. Amen. And so he put his word in me and now, voila. Amen. So I don't say it to belittle anybody. I say it because I want you to know the truth. Yes. I want you to hear the truth. I want you to live the truth. Thank That's you. the reason why. And so when we talk about the, the kingdom of God, always remember this. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. Amen. It's not a carnal kingdom. It's not a material kingdom. That's right. It's a spiritual kingdom. Amen. And in order for you to enter into that kingdom, you've got to be filled with yes. the Holy Ghost. You have to become a spirit-filled person. Amen. Am I making any sense? Yeah. And, and, and that's what Jesus said when he was speaking to Nicodemus. He said that uh, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Right. You know, that's not just putting your eyes upon it. That's right. Because right now, we're our carnal. Yeah. How do I know that? We're still fleshly, aren't we? Yeah. We still have a carnal nature that tries to rise up every now and then. That's right. Huh? And guess what? Right now, everybody's looking around. We're seeing the natural. Now, here's something interesting. He said, you must be born again so that you can see. Can anybody see the kingdom of heaven again? All you see is, you, you, you see a little, you know, a mural, and you see certain things. You, you might see that cross. You might, that might link you to the kingdom of heaven. Huh? You might see godliness in these people here. That might lead you to the king. But you can't see it. That's right. You know why? It's spiritual. So what is he talking about? You shall, uh, if a man be born again, except a man be born again, he cannot see. In other words, you know what? It's having that understanding being illuminated in our mind and in our spirit so that we can see yeah. the kingdom. We can Amen. see the spiritual kingdom of God. Yeah. We can see the spiritual. Yeah. And then he says, uh, the other part of it, you notice he doesn't say the same thing, but he says in a different way. In verse number five, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So in other words, if you're not born of the water, water baptism in Jesus' name, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, being born of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. If you don't go through that procedure of what it takes to be born again, guess what? You can't even enter 
the kingdom of heaven. That's right. Amen. It's pretty simple, but it's profound. It's profound. So we see that. Remember, I'm still talking about what, what must I do to be saved. Amen. What must I do to be saved? I'm, I'm still speaking on that. And uh, here's something. Uh, the Apostle Paul, if you want to go there, in the book of Philippians chapter 3, and uh, <clears throat> we'll be reading verse number, we'll start, let's, let's start with verse number 10. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10. And look what Paul says here. Pretty amazing. And I'm just going to concentrate on a couple passages here. Verse number 10. He said, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Wow. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable unto his death. There's two things, two elements in that scripture verse. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. You know what element that is for you and I? That's our spiritual. That's our spiritual life. Amen. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That's our spirituality. If we want to be spiritual, we need to know him and the power of his resurrection. Infilling. Amen. Being quickened, being made alive in Him. And the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death. That's the other element of our walk with God. Guess what? You know what that means? Letting the carnal nature, putting the carnal nature to death. Amen. All the things that our flesh tries to conjure up. We all know that, don't we? We fight our flesh every day that we wake up. If it wasn't for the Holy Ghost, our flesh would overcome, amen, the Spirit. That's right. But thank God we have the Holy Ghost. Amen. But those two elements now that we need to understand, our spiritual, amen, our spiritual life, our spirituality, can never, we can never fully experience the power of God unless we put our flesh under, as Paul says. Unless we deal with these desires we have in us. Amen. Our sinful desires. Amen. Our lust. Our passions. Yeah. Ooh, a lot of people don't like that. Yeah. So he goes. So he says that. He said, If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. So he said, I'm doing this. What I just finished explaining to you in verse number 10. I'm doing this in verse number 11. He says, I'm doing this so that I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. The only way I can experience that resurrected life is if I put my flesh under. Huh? That I, uh, that I deal with the sin that still tries to creep in. Guess what? The devil will always try to trip us up. 
Right. Sin is around us. We see it. We see it all over in, in our country, in, in this, in our communities, where we live. We see sin all over. There's so much immorality yeah. and abomination, yeah. and so much hedonism and humanism. That's their God. That's their God. So we have to overcome that. We have to overcome it. So listen to this. When Paul spoke that, he, in, in verse number 11, And I, uh, I want to read the Amplified. Listen to the Amplified. That if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. So in other words, the Holy Ghost quickens us and lifts us that point where we can we can live that life we can be resurrected spiritually and morally see that's what that's what we need to have that that's the that's the resurrection he's talking about uh, I'm still talking about what must I do to be saved so we see that Hallelujah. and when he was speaking about what it is to become spiritual what it is become spiritual. He said, he said in Romans 7, 14, he said, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. There's, there's the distinction there. The law is spiritual, but I am carnal. This old flesh. This old flesh. My, my, my. I have a, I'm not full blood Lakota. I have a little bit of French in me. That's what, that's the reason why, well, Marshall's not a French name, it's an English name. But we received, my, my great-grandfather received his name when he married a Lakota woman back in the mid-1800s in out Pine Ridge, and there was an Anglican minister or Anglican priest that married him, and of course you know the Anglican church came from England, so he married my grandpa and my great-grandma, and uh, my grandpa's real name was Marischal, French name, Marischal, and so when he married them, instead of putting Marischal on, their, on the documents, guess what he put? Marshall. So that's how we receive the name Marshall. But I'm, I've got a little bit of French in me, just a little bit. So I guess you could say I'm, as, as if the, the, the blood quantum, that, you know, tell you what your percentage of this and percentage of that. So according to them, my blood quantum were 11 sixteenths Lakota. And then whatever's left from there, that's how much French I am. So, because I'm part French and part Lakota, I was 
find those two natures rising up in me. The Lakota wants to get rid of the French side, and the French side wants to get rid of the Lakota side. <clears throat> people, people think I'm worried because sometimes I get really prejudiced. Huh? Both ways. So they look at me and they say, what's wrong with him? And I realize, hey, I'm French and I'm Lakota. There's a battle going on in, inside me. I know that's humorous, but why am I saying that? Because that's our nature. Yeah. That's our carnal nature. To, so to be able to overcome that carnal nature, you know what we have to do? We have to put ourselves below and we have to allow the power of God to, to rise up in us. Amen. If we're going to be spiritual, and, and the thing about this, our carnal nature, we're, we're sold under sin. Right. So there's that struggle that goes on, and the only way we can overcome that struggle is by the Spirit of God. Right. By the Spirit of God. That's something there. That's something. First uh, Corinthians 15. And uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Verse number 45. Look what it says here. It says, So it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. He doesn't stop there, though. He says, the first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. So why am I saying this? Of course, Paul is talking a little bit about, you know, what's going to happen. If you read that, he said, I'll show you a mystery and all this. He's talking about when the Lord comes in a moment and twinkling the eye, we're all going to be changed. Our, our bodies will be turned into glorified bodies, and there we go. But in order for us to experience that, the glory of the future life that we have, guess what? We have to be quickened. It's the reason why the Lord gave us his spirit. We have to be quickened. So he said, the first man, the first man, howbeit that which was not first, which is spiritual, in other words, uh, but that which is natural, in other words, the carnal man. He wasn't a spiritual person. And and he wasn't he, he was a he was a carnal man, a natural man, and he was he, he, he makes the he makes the parallel. He was he was earth earthy. Earthy. You ever you ever go back uh, in the scripture and you read that in the book of Psalms, 
You read it, you find it in the book of Psalms, you find it in the book of Proverbs, where the writers, David and all the writers there, they always make come to this term, and even in the, in the book of Isaiah, when, when Isaiah was talking about, you know, the, the, the human nature back then, of course, barbaric, uh, godless people, and you know what he you know what they referred to it as brutish. You ever read that word? Brutish. They're brutes. They're brutish people. You know what that refers to? That refers to the carnal nature. The carnal nature can be very brutish. In other words, it has its it has its characteristics. And and as a result, you know, because of those characteristics that that it's very noticeable and that's that's what people are going to see. They're going to see what you are all about. And of course, what Paul was talking about here is, you know, the first man, Adam, was uh, he was made a living soul, but he was natural and he was earthy. That's kind of how we were before we came to know Jesus Christ. We were of that persuasion. We were of that nature. We were very carnal carnal nature and and here's the thing uh, uh, if you study if you go into uh, intellectualism you study you study about uh, you know people that are very smart have high IQs you know I'm not speaking against them you know uh, but here's the thing uh, that is not the, the the highest level of knowledge you can attain because people that are in that you know what they are they're just basically the reason why they're so heightened to that kind of of intellect or intelligence is this they are obviously have know what it is to allow their senses to lead them to that place where they can contain that kind of knowledge yeah. mm -hmm. Ooh. and you know what they, you know what the, the scripture calls it worldly wisdom mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. worldly wisdom so, yeah, of course, we have a university over here. I, I shouldn't say that because that's my alma mater. <laughs> a lot of smart people, a lot of intellectual people. Mm -hmm. But their knowledge can only go so That's right. I'm glad I know Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. They have, they are a living soul. Everything is encompassed in their experience as far as their senses being heightened. But there's no life in that. It's not going to get you anywhere. So why am I saying that carnal nature is not good for us? That's right. It has its limits. Has its extent, but we see here. He said, the, "He said, uh, the second man is the Lord from heaven." It is written, "The first man, Adam, became a living being, an individual personality." Mm -hmm. Wow! <coughs> the last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit. Mm -hmm. Amen. Restoring the dead to life. Amen. So that's what we have right now. If we're going to be saved, it's going to be because we're going to pursue our spiritual life. Amen. We're going to 
pursue our spiritual life. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. You know, uh, a very good friend of mine was talking about uh, ministry. And of course, this is a man that God used mightily. Unbelievable. Some of the things that were done as a result of his obedience to God and uh, mighty. And uh, it's just like, uh, you know, to me, uh, I, I haven't really seen any person, any ministry, ministry that has been able to reach the height uh, in the spirit that this man uh, lived in, ministered in. I'm talking, you know, when you when you think about it, and here's the thing, I'm not saying that, you know, to to you know I'm saying it because this the, the kingdom of heaven is a spiritual kingdom. And when you walk in the spirit, of course, our walk is is that we are going to walk in such a way that we'll be moving upward in that realm of the spirit. And so he always said this, uh you know, I know many have asked him the question, why does God use you so mightily? Of course, he lived a very uh, disciplined life. He was a man of prayer, a man of study. He's a man that fasted and gave himself to the Lord. I mean, he, he did what he could do to please God. And because of that, God saw fit to use him. He just put his anointing on his life. And man, you, you see miracles just left, yeah. just left and right. It just seemed like miracles would happen. Every time he preached and he, he starts taking off and, and he starts speaking to people through the word of knowledge or through the word of wisdom or even the gifts of healing. He would pray for people and you would see people healed. You would see evident miracles, miracles taking place. I mean, just powerful. And so yes. here, here he was. And, you know, uh, in one of my conversations with him a, a few years back, and he said, Brother Marshall, he said, one thing you need to understand. He said, there's only one ministry. He said, you know what uh, uh, Nicodemus or Jesus said to Nicodemus? Or Nicodemus said to Jesus, he said, No man can do these things that thou doest except God be with him. That's right. Amen. So he said, here's a challenge to the New Testament ministry. He said, it's not just preaching the word. It's not just preaching about salvation and about, uh, you know, teaching the people of God and doctrine. It's not just that, not sermonizing. He said, it's, it's having that witness of God in their life. Having the signs, having the wonders, Amen. having God moving in their ministry. He said, that's the true New Testament ministry. Yes. He said, but the thing about it is, he said, that ministry is a stellar ministry. Yes. He said, all the other ministries that are below it, he said, they will never experience the power of God on that level. Amen. So I believe that with all my heart. Amen. That's why I believe that the church has to be, why would Paul allude to this in Ephesians? Being raised together with him. So that we can sit in where? Heavenly places. Heavenly places. That's our spiritual life. That's the life that we need to plug into. I know it's kind of hard, but guess what? It's really not hard. No. If you really love God, if you really want to be saved, hey, you've got to get there. Yeah. What must I do to be saved? 
What must I do to be saved? Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's what Paul said. So that's what we need to do this morning. Thank you very much for coming this morning. Hallelujah. I guess the sun's supposed to break out here soon. Have a little sunlight. I think the temps are supposed to be up in the 40s. 50s. I think I, I think I've seen that 40. So chilly morning. It's going to be a nice afternoon evening. So hope to see everybody back this evening at 6 o'clock. Prayer 6 days service. I hope you all blessed this morning. Greet one another. Greet our visitors, our guests. In Jesus' name, have a good day.